podcast. Each week we are here to educate you, challenge you, teach you, encourage you along your way with intermittent fasting and low carb eating. You can check us out at fastinglane.com and on Twitter and Instagram at fastinglane. Our guest this week is JD Babuda. Did I say that right? Perfect. JD Buddha is a nutritionist and weight loss consultant based in Mumbai and helps people lose weight naturally. Himself, he has lost 65 kilos, which Americans, we don't know what the heck that is. So let me just tell you, that is 143 pounds. And he has a vegetarian low carb way of life. I got to meet JD in Mallorca, Spain, when we were both speakers at the fabulous low carb universe. Not only is he a smart guy, but he's also a hottie, which is really important, right? So I just want you all to know that because you don't have a visual right now, but he was super sweet. He gave me chocolate and any hot, intelligent man who gives me chocolate is usually my favorite. So JD, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That was, a, that was an amazing introduction for me. Thank you so much. You got it, man. It's the truth. <laughs> I'm going to keep sending you chocolates if, if this is the kind of intro I keep getting all this. I mean, it's possible that was my ulterior, ulterior motive there. So yes, send me chocolates. I, I, I didn't, I was going to bring some home to my daughter, but then I ate them all um, and just didn't tell her about it. So uh, yeah, you're going to have to hook me up. I'm going to send you a few bars very soon. All right, um, make sure that we talk about that during the show too, because I want to post stuff to that to our sure, site about we, that. We all right, JD sure. and I have a similar story. We both found ways to lose weight. We both lost a lot of weight and both became much healthier and much hotter, which is very exciting. Um, but I'll tell you the specific reason I wanted to have him on the show. I was really intrigued by what he had to say when I was there, especially around a vegetarian lifestyle. As most of you who are familiar with me know, I eat mostly animal products. I eat some vegetables, but mostly animal products. And for me, that is the best way to live. There's a lot of controversy online between people who are vegetarians and people who are meat eaters really tearing each other up, really disparaging the other's lifestyle. And I wanna explain clearly that that is not what life in the fasting lane is about. Fastinglane.com is about providing information so you as a human being can decide what is right for you. The thing that I failed in my whole life was going to doctors and thinking that they knew what I needed to do for my weight and later realizing that most doctors had very little education and nutrition and were just doing the best that they can. So I have a lot of respect for anyone who loses weight and gets healthier, regardless of the way that they are doing it. They have to make the decision for themselves. And there have been a lot of people who have reached out to us to understand because of religious reasons, because of ways that they feel about the world, that they believe vegetarian is the right way of life. And it's truly not something I'm very educated on, but I believe that it is the right thing for some people. So JD <laughs> our expert and people have asked that we have someone on the show and he is my favorite person to talk about this topic so i'm just going to tell you guys right now when we post this show if you come at us with pro meat eating or pro vegetarian and you disparage other people we're going to delete your stuff because this site is about acceptance and kindness and helping people find their way so let me just get that out of the way 
right now. All right, JD, with all that, I want you to tell us first your personal story. How did you end up with a bunch of extra weight? And what was the moment that you were like, oh man, I, I have got to change this? Yeah. So actually, uh, my story is very similar to you know anybody who's been fat. It doesn't matter whether it's in India or back in the U.S. Uh, it's I would blame mostly you know if a person's gaining weight or any issues to do with uh, metabolic syndromes. It could be PCOS for a woman, or it could be fatty liver, or it could be diabetes. I believe the problem is lack of education. It's this education bit which people don't understand or they don't try to educate themselves into correctly and therefore they are not in the position to correct or solve this problem and uh, that's the spot the, the direct spot was that that was where i was and uh, I, I tried everything in the name of fat loss and i was definitely going through a few issues myself uh, because of weight, I was a pre-diabetic. My A1Cs were close to 6.2. My fasting insulin levels were close to uh, 30. I'm talking to you. This was around three years back. And then I realized that, you know, having tried everything and having tried to stick to the conventional American pyramid and trying to cut off fats and calories wasn't really working. And even if it was, you know, I, I usually ended up feeling starved. I usually ended up feeling, being, you know, extremely weak and even the weight that I lost was hardly you know uh, you know a, a lot of weight is it was just probably two pounds or four pounds a month and which was really not working so that's when I realized that something needs to change and something needs to uh, you know I need to know more about the area of uh, healthcare and uh, uh, nutrition and that's when I you know ended up you know meeting and uh, had ended up, ended up mentoring you know under Eric Westman that's somebody my still you know, have, uh, I take him as my godfather. And that's when I realized that the problem is education. The problem is start and sugars and not nothing else. And uh, having said that, you know, I come from a family of uh, a vegetarian, you know, uh, following family. So I think around 40% of Indians you find here are vegetarians for religious reasons. So these guys are the population that are not going to consume meats even if they have to, for health reasons. So uh, I fall in the category of being a vegetarian and uh, I have never consumed meats. And therefore, you know, the only options left for me, you know, were very few, especially when it comes to following a low carbohydrate lifestyle. So I've realized one thing that what I figured was, it was not the calories, but it was the starch and the sugar consumption, which was a problem, especially when a person is only relying on a starch loaded diet and that's what the problem is like how you ha like how you guys have the american food pyramid you know our uh, guidelines are extremely similar to what you guys have back there and uh, so i started eliminating starch food products and and uh, mainly all kinds of direct and indirect forms of sugars so having said that, you know, what I would like to tell everyone who's listening to this podcast is that it's, it's really not the calories. It's, it's about your insulin spike. It's about your, uh, your insulin resistance, which is creating these problems. And the moment you try and eliminate starch from, from your diet, at least for a short period of time, you'd see that your A1Cs and you'd see that your fat person, that your lean body mass is something which is uh, what, you, what you need to achieve at and not only your weight. So you'd see that your, your body's uh, overall body composition starts improving very fast. 
So uh, yeah, so low carbon lifestyle is something that did magic to me and uh, 2,000 more people who are my clients. I love that. Okay, so people ask us, you know, when they're doing, um, how do I do low carb? How do I do keto? Let's talk specifically about how you do it as a vegetarian. So first of all, what do you mostly eat? And, and how did you stop eating the carbohydrates? You did just say you stopped. But for me, when I started to stop, I went crazy and I craved them and it was really hard to push through. So I think, you know, I was, I was there like a normal person who did not know what foods have started diet. So therefore, I, uh, I, I was a little mad and I, I, I put in a CGM, a continuous glucose monitoring meter on myself. And that really helped me in identifying foods that were having any, any kind of uh, glucose spikes in my blood levels. So uh, it really helped me. And I kind of figured that what foods have starch and what foods don't have starch. So uh, this is when it comes to vegetables. So all I did was I figured that I would probably having three meals a day was fine. And I stuck to leafy green vegetables, uh, all the leafy green segment, all the along with that, even the non-leafy ones, which are extremely low in starch. And uh, that we don't have meat, so we don't consume meats, but consuming tofu or consuming, you know, uh, uh, cottage cheese. And cheese was the next best option, although they have starch and carbohydrates in them but the quantity of them is, is extremely negligible. So considering the fact that I was increasing my protein and my fat intake, intake you know, by default, you know, my hunger was also going down and uh, I was making conscious efforts of not consuming uh, anywhere, you know, uh, about 20 grams of net carbs a day. So uh, it kind of beautifully works and really beautifully worked for me. So my, my, my typical meal throughout the day was uh, lunch and dinner would be same, something like a stir fry, vegetables and uh, cottage cheese or eggs. I lately converted myself into uh, an eggitarian, so I even consume eggs. But uh, eggs and cottage cheese with vegetables was mainly uh, my whole day's uh, meals. And beyond that, probably olives or avocado or a few nuts, uh, especially almonds or pecans or walnuts was something which... Uh, I, uh, I totally believe that would really help anyone in uh, correcting their issues, your metabolic issues. So, and I'm going to tell you about... JD, like, yeah. I remember when I was eating and I was fat, I was hungry every moment of every day. And I didn't realize until I overcame the sugar addiction and the carbohydrate addiction that those were the things causing me to feel hungry. And now with the way I eat, which is a low carb, ketogenic diet, ketogenic way of eating, I am hungry three or four times a day. And I like feeling full and I like eating a lot of food. I especially like being hot and looking healthy and eating a lot of food in front of people and they're jealous, like that's the best. <laughs> So this is a this is a very interesting topic that you actually actually spoke about. This has more to do with your leptin and ghrelin. Now these two hormones, as you know, are, are the ones responsible for your hunger, and 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 the reason that you feel hungry always is because your hunger hormones are misbehaving. And uh, what you felt is exactly what I felt. I, I felt that the hunger of eating every one hour, every two hours, it kind of goes away the moment you are in a state of uh, you know, ketosis. And uh, I realized one thing that in spite of not eating or eating only when you're hungry is the correct way of consuming food. And that's how we as homo sapiens are meant to do of, or, or have done for a very long period of us being on this planet. 
So yes, uh, I, I figured that you know the moment I removed starch from my diet, probably leaving aside the first few days, the hunger regulation is excellent. So you don't feel hungry, and and that's something which which is a big problem for everyone who's fat and they're constantly feeling hungry is because probably their body is overproducing ghrelin and, and, and that's the signaling uh, uh, you know, uh, hormone that is responsible for you to always feel hungry. So but that JD, kind of really worked for me in my favor. And, I, uh, I'm amazed yeah. that that happened for you in a few days. It took me six weeks to push through doing low-carb and keto to feel not hungry. I think it's amazing. It only took you a few days and I'm very jealous of you. Um, but don't you agree? Like I, I, when I was fat and when I was hungry, I would look at people who weren't fat and I just didn't understand how they battled that hunger. And I didn't understand about leptin and ghrelin, And I didn't understand how they fought through because every day my thoughts were consumed by food and I, I felt so hopeless. I felt so broken. I felt so ashamed. I felt like such a loser because I couldn't understand how they did it. And I'm just saying this because I want people who are in that position right now to hear us and to try low carb and see if that's something that helps you. And you might be cool like JD, but in a few days you feel not hungry or you might be like me and a slow starter and it might take five, six weeks, but give it a shot because feeling full and being able to eat enough food to feel full and only get a hungry a few times a day, it's possible your body is capable of that. And I know right now you're sitting here listening to this and you don't believe me, but give it a shot, give it a try. And only you can see if it feels different in your body. So JD, one of the hardest things here in the U.S., um, doing a ketogenic diet is you go with friends and family, you go out to eat pizza, there's bread, there's mozzarella sticks, like it's difficult. This is a world of snacking. This is a world of things at the office. This is a world of birthday parties every week. Do you experience a social or cultural shift when you started like low carb? Was it, did people think you were a weirdo like they do here? So I think my mom felt that I was going mad and, and, and so did my friends around me. They felt that I was not behaving normal and I needed help. And they felt, <laughs> they felt that whatever I was doing was so wrong. And uh, probably after I lost my first 100 pounds, you know, uh, my parents kind of believed me that, okay, this man's not mad. And uh, whatever he's doing is working in his favor. But you're right, you know what? We, have, we are social animals and we, are, we will have, uh, you know, there will be days that you will have to attend parties and go out for dinners. And uh, that's when your knowledge about what to order, you know, while your family can eat what they want to eat and what you should be ordering, how can you modify your meals is something which uh, will require some education. And if you are well educated and if you know what food, foods have what ingredients inside, you can very nicely modify things and order meals for yourself. And moreover, you know, I've, I never had cravings of eat, eating different kinds of foods, what my family chose to eat. And the only reason being that the kind of success I saw and the kind of results that I got, I think, I think that itself was a drug, you know, for me to continue doing what I was doing. And, uh, you know, the food that you are eating, your breads and pastas or ice creams and chocolates, they may just last for a day. And post that, you, you end up feeling horrible. You feel that, you know, you have actually uh, done something wrong and you had a goal and you've not been following that. And uh, so I think, I think I was, I was, I was way too motivated uh, back then and even now that uh, these small food, food groups, they don't, they don't kind of discourage me from following what I'm doing is because 
um, you know, having lost so much of weight and having uh, faced pre-diabetic uh, issues once upon a time is is totally not worth it. The candies are really something which is not worth it. And uh, so ordering the correct meals where you're going out is something which I totally, you know, would say it's totally worth it. And you all, you know, everyone should try it out. And it's not that you cannot go out and eat. You probably back in the US, if you're going out, you can probably order for, you know, your steak. You get lovely steaks there. You can order for grilled stir fry vegetables. You can order for any kind of meat dishes and just make sure that you're not adding it, throwing in some honey or sauces over it, which probably are sweet. So I think I think only the first part of, of my uh, the first few months of my me going on a ketogenic lifestyle was difficult because I was genuinely genuinely keeping a very restricted calories uh, sorry restricted uh, carbohydrate based diet but gradually as and when I started losing weight I started even allowing myself to have a little leeway of 10 grams of net carbohydrates probably 20 some days of being higher and that kind of worked for me. Yeah, then? same thing. I just went on vacation for four days and I will admit I ate everything. Um, and I came yeah. back and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have gained 10 pounds. And I gained two pounds, like, which was really reasonable <laughs> for all the things that I ate. And it was so weird That's because true. now I usually eat about two to three times a day, which is a big change mm. from eating eight to 10 times a eight day times. the way I used to. And man, I was eating four times a day on vacation. And I was just like, I am so tired of eating. I'm eating all the time. What is going on? Like I can, I can barely keep up. And it's just so weird after you get used to it, how your body responds. And, you know, I did a lot of exercise. I did a lot of hiking and I only gained two pounds. And now yeah. this week I'll do a lot of uh, intermittent fasting and it'll go away and life mm. goes on. Do you do any mm. intermittent fasting? Mm. So if it naturally happens to see more on a ketogenic state, on the state that I am in, I usually just just don't feel hungry. So all I have to do is skip my breakfast and, and the, your intermittent fasting laws by default apply. It's not that a conscious effort is being put. It's just that it naturally happens considering the fact that my hunger has gone down. So I love yes, that. And people like think that they need to fast like so much and do multi-day fast. I just did a, a three-day fast recently. And a lot of people were doing it with me and a lot of people were following along. And what I said at the end of the fast was, I really hate doing multi-day fasts. I am not good at it. It makes me very emotional and I'm not gonna do it very much because I've gotten to a weight that I like. And quite honestly, I think for the majority of people, intermittent fasting, not snacking and skipping breakfast sometimes is usually enough for them to reach the goals that they want to reach. And we all try to be heroes and try to do these big dramatic things. And it's just baloney. It's like, it's really unnecessary a lot of the time. What do you think? So I, I totally agree with you. So most of the people who end up doing the multi-day fast, they end up eating crap after the fast is over. And that's not going to you know, get them anywhere. So I'd rather say that it should happen naturally. It's not something which you should keep, you know, starving yourself, not eat in spite of being hungry. Uh, it should on a ketogenic state, you know, sooner or later, you will feel that the need to eat is less and you, your hunger is, 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 is very organized. And therefore, skipping a breakfast is a great way that you know, I look at it. I, I don't have my breakfast and I reach close to 15 hours of fasting and it kind of really works for me. But having said that, you know, uh, if you are extremely motivated and if you feel that 
you are plateauing and you're not losing any weight. And that's when probably a prolonged fast can really help you break that plateau. And that's something. Yeah, I agree with you. Even I have, you know, back a couple of years back, that really helped me. And back then, I probably did not know about the term autophagy. But, you know, now that I look back and I, I, I really, uh, you know, I'm looking at the science of autophagy that, you know, the multi-day fast is something which is something can really even do good for your body, provided you're doing it correctly and provided you're not going to get out of it in any crap. So that's something which totally depends on your motivation levels, how you feel, are you feeling hungry, are you feeling emotional, are you feeling crappy, or are you feeling nice? So, uh, so this is something which I utilized. You know, probably a prolonged fast once in a while really helps you, but not every day because it, it just doesn't happen. You can't keep doing that. Jadeep, would you be willing to send us a few of your favorite vegetarian low-carb recipes? Because we have people that really want that, and we'd love to post it at fastinglane.com. Yeah. So you know what? If at all you're looking at ultra-low carbohydrate, you know, I would say, uh, you know, the ones that are remaining and under 15 grams, I would be avoiding major list of vegetables. I would not be allowing people to have things like mushrooms, or zucchini, or cucumber, or tomatoes, or onions, or uh, aubergine, or uh, eggplant, all these vegetables, something which I will not allow if you're looking at doing something which is genuinely ultra low carbohydrate. And I will keep them on something called a spinach, kale, you know, uh, asparagus, uh, cauliflower, broccoli, French beans, green capsicum, and all your other leafy greens, your rockets and uh, all your other leafy greens. So this is something which only and only if you're highly motivated and if you're willing to, you know, give up on the other vegetables like your onions, tomatoes, and the other ones, is uh, this is something which I would advise everyone. Beyond that, if you're a vegetarian, then you know, try to stick to uh, cottage cheese or tofu to make sure that you're getting the right kind of fats and proteins. Uh, and, and if at all you consume eggs and nothing like it is because eggs is not like your insulin. This is only and only when you're genuinely trying to do something really dramatically different for an immediate fat loss or immediate corrections of probably a PCOS. Now, now if you want to make things more sustainable, then you can probably start adding the other vegetables like uh, you know the aubergine, your uh, okra, your uh, uh, slightly more starchy vegetables, your mushrooms, your your uh, zucchini, your cucumber, your uh, uh, you know the other vegetables which probably have some starch inside, even onion and tomatoes. But you know, you, you should oscillate between these two, making it difficult and then making it easy again. Now, I had even restricted myself of uh, cauliflower rice and uh, cauliflower-based dishes, like, for example, cauliflower pizza-based, because if you end up understanding the amount of cauliflower used to make that pizza base, that base itself would have close to 10 grams net carbs, and uh, therefore, I would keep it occasional. Uh, and beyond that, I would stay away from Greek yogurt. I would stay away from berries. I'd stay away from uh, the low GI fruits like apple, orange, guava, peach, and pear. I would even now this is something which I'm saying, which is probably not realistic. But for a short period of time, for a short span of time, if you are doing this, then probably you can see magic. You can see your result, results really uh, uh, very nice and very uh, ongoing. But if you want to relax your diet slightly now and then, then consuming, you know, a few berries here and there, consuming some dark chocolate here and there, or some Greek yogurt, or probably uh, even some pulses, like a few small consumptions of pulses kind of worked in my favor. Uh, not that I suggest the consumption of pulses to everyone, 
but uh, surely did work in my favor. So uh, if you ask me what my regular meal is, my regular meal would be eggs in the morning uh, if I'm not fasting, if I'm not intermittent, intermittent fasting. And uh, in lunch and in dinner, I would have stick to cot cheese or paneer with stir fry vegetables. And for evening snack, probably I'd stick to some, uh, some chips made of some vegetables. Uh, for example, kale chips or uh, okra chips is something which I love. And beyond that, if I'm hungry, I would, I would probably eat a few olives or some avocado. And uh, if I want to indulge in nuts, then I would make sure that's only happening a few times a week and that would only be almonds. And I would make sure that I don't uh, cross two grams of net carbohydrates coming from almond. That's, that's close to 20 almonds a day. So uh, that's what really worked for me and that's what I would suggest that you know rather than going out and eating everything sold in the name of keto all your chocolates and all your cookies and all your ice creams you should try and do a stricter version initially to feel and to feel fitter and to get better results initially thank you Are so you much Jadeep and we're hoping you're going to send us a couple of recipes maybe one that's really strict and one that's down the road a little bit and we will post those low carb vegetarian recipes on fastinglane.com. JD, my last question is when yeah. I was in uh, Mallorca with you at Low Carb Universe, mm. you handed me delicious ice cream and delicious chocolate and I want you to tell people a little bit about what you're doing with that and why. Yeah, so you have tried both the products so you know how good they are so <laughs> my company's name is Bonosh and I'm launching that in India in the next one month that we are making uh, foods that are extremely low in carbohydrate we call it ultra low carbohydrate products and these could be your regular foods for example your ice creams your your chocolates your cookies your sauces everything will be under the umbrella of ultra low carbohydrate so for now I'm launching ice cream and chocolates and uh, the ice cream that I'm launching is uh, almost zero net carbohydrate. So the net carbohydrate per serving size of ice cream is close to 0 0.3 grams. It's almost zero. So we've made, we've, we have actually even taken trials on diabetics and we've even used uh, your CGM meters to see whether it's having any sugar spike or not. And the sugar spike or insulin spike is almost zero. So that's something for people who actually feel that they're craving or missing a lot of lot of uh, regular deserts on a state that you're trying to lose weight or try to trying to follow a low carbon lifestyle this these products probably can be really handy for them that's something which they can enjoy and not still be on a low carbon state and and, and not stop their uh, uh, goals towards fat loss so i have chocolates uh, both milk and black and i have ice creams close to 18 flavors of ice cream and i plan to launch six so uh, that includes vanilla, chocolate ice cream, blueberry cheesecake, all of them. And the things that I've used in these ice creams are uh, uh, absolutely natural. And at the same time, some of these flavors may have some higher net carbohydrate. For, for example, my strawberry cheesecake would have net carbohydrate of one gram. But that's still very low if you compare it with other manufacturers. So well, uh, I'm really bratty about these low carb snacks that I have, and I don't like a lot of them. Um, my standard go-to is I like Chalk Zero, and I like and Lily's Chocolate. Lily's, um, yeah, those are the ones that I like. You know, so far my daughter prefers uh, Chalk Zero, but I really liked Bonosh. That's B-O-N-O-S-H, and that is coming to India in a month, and you guys need to check that out. 
Um, but JD, thank you so much for sharing your story and your information. We, we really loved having you on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Eve. Whatever information I could provide you, I hope it helps a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being here on the Life and the Fasting Lane podcast. Please, please check out our book, my book, Life and the Fasting Lane with Dr. Jason Fung and Megan Ramos. And you can check it out and buy it on pre-order at fastinglane.com. It's available all over the world. Until next time, to your health and hotness.